This week's reading is from Luke chapter 14, verse 1 and verses 7 through 14. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, Give this person your place. And then, in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, in case they may invite you in return, and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Here ends our reading. On a typical morning, most of us rise from our beds and shuffle into the bathroom. It's our first stop of the day. Invariably, we'll spend at least a few minutes glaring at ourselves in the mirror. Sometimes it's not a pretty sight. Given what a bed does to our hair and what minimal clothing can do to highlight our various body bulges and skin imperfections, and to that, add to that those puffy eyes, things can quickly improve, however, when you shower, comb through that hair, slap on the deodorant, and put on appropriate clothing and maybe some makeup. That is, of course, until you grab your phone and open a social media app like Facebook or Snapchat or check the news for the latest celebrity gossip. There you notice all the smiling, perfectly airbrushed faces that confront you every day. You think about posting a selfie, you know, who doesn't these days, but you're worried that you'll have to present the world with your real face which you're certain is no match for the beautiful people online or even your friend's smiling pics from Aruba. Well, not to worry. There's an app for that. With a photo filter like Facetune or the editing features of Snapchat, you can do a little tweaking. Race that mole, nip and tuck that spare tire, get a little creative around the eyes and voila! You have just put your best selfie self out into the world. All is well. Well, until you look in the mirror again. Then disconnect between your real self and your virtual self begins to sink in. In the age of the selfie, medical professionals have identified a new phenomenon called body dysmorphic disorder. 
or call it Snapchat disorder, to put it more colloquially, as the journey of the Journal of the American Medical Association describes it, the pervasiveness of these filtered images can take a toll on one's self-esteem, make one feel inadequate for not looking a certain way in the real world, and may even act as a trigger for body dysmorphic disorder. Some people become so enamored with their virtual selves that they seek help not from a psychologist, but from a plastic surgeon who can help them look more like their altered selfies. According to the American Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery, the number of patients seeking this kind of selfie-altering surgery continues to increase year after year. We live in a culture where getting real about ourselves is often a challenge. Altering our bodies to fit a vision of perfection can be damaging, but what happens when we do the same thing to our spiritual beings? If it's possible to have a dysmorphic conflict between the real and virtual selves we present to the world, it follows that the ways in which we think and behave in other areas can have the same disconnect. We might sculpt our personalities and social postures to appeal to others and make us seem like more than we really are, rather than being humble and honest about our flaws and our human needs. When we have this kind of spiritual dysmorphia, it becomes easier to see others as inferior to our inflated and airbrushed selves. Jesus, however, had a tendency to drop into people's lives, cut through the airbrushed veneer, and hold up a mirror to expose the true self. He did it not from a position of superiority, well, even though he was God in flesh, but from the position of one who, despite his fully human and fully divine nature, was humble and always projected his authentic self. He was such a contrast to the other religious leaders of his day, who were all about keeping up appearances. At a Sabbath banquet in the home of one such leader, Jesus addressed the problem of spiritual dysmorphia and challenged the people around the table to get real about who they were and who God wanted them to be. According to Luke, at the meal, the Pharisees were watching closely. While it was expected that a virtuous host would invite a prominent teacher to dinner, it was clear that the host's motives here were suspect. We know that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem and the cross, and there would be plenty of prominent leaders, religious leaders, who would want to trip him up and find a way to get rid of him. Everything Jesus said would be analyzed and scrutinized, but time and again his words were consistent with his actions. Jesus noticed a lot of jockeying for position at the table as different people vied for the place of honor. In response, he told a parable about a wedding banquet, which on the surface seems to be a kind of Emily Post-style instruction on etiquette, but in reality is much more. That Jesus talked about a wedding banquet 
they indicate a larger agenda here. In different places in the scriptures, the wedding banquet sometimes serves as a symbol for the coming kingdom of God, as it does here in Luke. Jesus seemed to be warning his fellow dinner guests that their striving for a place of honor at God's table was a projection of their airbrushed image of themselves. The person who is real and honest with himself or herself will choose the lowest place and let the host set the agenda for who sits where. It's the host, in this case God, who determines our place at the table. For it is God who sees the real person behind the altered public veneer. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. Now the second parable Jesus tells is directed at the host. And if we connect the two parables, Jesus seems to be finding who the more distinguished guests are who should have prominent places at the table. When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, says Jesus. To do so is expected as part of a social transaction. You invite them and they have to invite you. It's the same kind of social contract we expect to execute in the selfie world. You click like on someone else's fake portrait or news about themselves and you expect them to like your altered life as well. But Jesus urges the host, as he urges us, to instead elevate those who cannot reciprocate and to engage with those to whom our dysmorphic self-images don't matter. It's in relationship to the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind that our real self-image comes into focus. We learn that while we may not be in dire economic or physical circumstances, we too are poor, crippled, lame, and blinded by self-interest and self-indulgence. Now, our f- smartphone cameras have a, a toggle icon. Tap it and it switches from selfie view to worldview. The image you see is either of yourself or that which is beyond yourself. Jesus wants us to toggle our lens so that what we see is everything beyond ourselves. When we turn from staring at ourselves to serving others, we begin to get a good sense that God gives likes to those who are humble, honest, and authentic about themselves and in their relationship to others. You will be blessed in inviting them, says Jesus, because they cannot repay you. Many people suffering from Snapchat dysmorphia focus their whole lives on impressing their friends to the detriment of their own bodies and souls. Jesus reminds us that the most impressive people in God's kingdom are those who take the humble position, who turn the focus away from self to others, But it's not about presenting a pious image. Many of us do tout about our great humility. That's not what Jesus wants. It is caring only about turning the spotlight on the image of God in others and in ourselves. 
It's about mirroring God's gracious love, a love that accepts us as we are, even with bedhead, no shave, or a makeup. What God makes for beautiful in the kingdom of God is humility and love for others. No surgery required. Amen. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bids me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Stay.